You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. I know Robert F. Kennedy wants to shut down the border overnight by instituting a federal ID. Now we might find out that uh, the Libertarian Party could be possibly looking to run Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in a third-party bid. Joining us now to discuss is Chris Spangle of The Chris Spangle Show and one of the co-founders of We Are Libertarians. He's joining us live right now. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Austin. How are you today? All right. Glad to have you, Chris. You and I go way back as activists within the Libertarian Party, so we know it inside and outside, up and down. Would you be surprised to see Robert F. Kennedy Jr. win the nomination (laughs) of the Libertarian Party? I don't know that he'd win the nomination. As a college Republican chair in 2004 turned Ron Paul Paul Libertarian in 2008, I remember that period where Robert F. Kennedy was one of the great villains. He was anti-Bush. He was anti-war. Then he started to, oh, okay, he makes sense on this stuff. And then he started talking about vaccines and other things. But through that period with Bush, for instance, in one Rolling Stone article, he just made up flat out lies to the point that Rolling Stone had to retract the article because of just complete misstatements. And I think he has a very loose grip on the truth, which makes him perfectly qualified to be president. I will say I do not fault Angela McArdle or the Libertarian Party from taking that meeting. To be totally fair to them, if I were chair and Robert F. Kennedy wanted to have a meeting about getting ballot access as a Libertarian, I would have that meeting. I don't know what happened in that meeting. I don't know that I've seen anybody say one way or the other what happened in that meeting. I would tell Robert F. Kennedy, I think just based on your policy proposals, I don't think you're qualified to be on the Libertarian ballot for a variety of reasons. With Robert F. Kennedy Jr., you have some very serious policy proposals. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., to me, seems like the dictator that the left thinks Trump is. (laughs) Just one thread that you sent me on plastics. My, My critique of Vivek Ramaswamy is that he wants to violate the Constitution, the rule of law, and use all these executive orders. But at least those things are for things that are libertarian, like ending the Department of Education and all of these different things. He wants to move us in a freer direction. But if you look at the Twitter thread on plastics, for instance, his 10-point plan is restrict hazardous plastics and chemicals, promote a national bottle bill, modernize recycling facilities, nationally coordinate an extended producer responsibility system, ban fracking, end subsidies for plastic producers. Okay, that's the good one, right? I I didn't list all of them for the sake of time here, but how would Robert F. Kennedy do any of that? And if we're going to be logically consistent, when we all had major problems with Donald Trump using the federal government to nationalize for ventilators... Is that not the same thing? He is, uh, we've talked for almost four years about how the climate change issue will be used to, there'll be all kinds of national emergencies to start nationalizing industries in the sake of saving the planet. There's every indication that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is that guy. Joe Biden hasn't been that guy. I don't understand the flirtation on the right with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I think I've had some people say to me, I'm a single issue voter. It's about vaccines. What happened with mandated vaccines radicalized me to the point uh, of 
supporting somebody that I have large disagreements. And I respected that person tremendously for just being honest that they're a single issue voter. And I can understand that as a logical equation. But I think as a libertarian party, if you're going to put up somebody who has so many different issues, like wanting to jail the Koch brothers and shut down AEI, Cato, Heartland Institute, like he said that in, I think, 2014, he wanted to try the Koch brothers for treason. Um, you can't find two people who've done more to fund the libertarian movement over 40 years than the the Koch brothers. I think he, that only one's still alive. But so there's just all these different, you know, you seem more hopeful on this one than I think than I do. And Chris, I think I have to disagree with you and say, sure. I think you do understand now the, the libertarian flirtation with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. It's because so many libertarians are single issue voters when it comes to the vaccine. And he's the most prominent voice who's a critic of that. And we've seen many libertarian activists, not necessarily prominent ones, but many libertarian activists who are hardcore LP people throwing in, joining the Democratic Party in order to support Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in that primary. I'm sure they'll come running back if he goes and runs in the LP to help him secure that nomination. And you say you think that he can't win that nomination. I disagree with you. I think that they absolutely would put up Robert F. Kennedy Jr. because Mm. As you and I well know, the LP loves celebrity. They want a big name to put on the ticket because, listen, George Organson wasn't that. But those factions, the Gary Johnson voters, many of them, they're still there. That Not everybody was ejected with the Mises Caucus takeover. And a lot of those Mises Caucus people, they love Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I think yeah. he can win the nomination. You you're, disagree. Yeah, you're probably right on that. Do you remember the great macho flash by Michael Cloud? No. All right. So this is an old back when like Nathaniel Brandon and the advocates for self-government were training libertarians how to be normal people. They had this thing (laughs) called the Great Macho Flash. Uh, You can Google it. I think the Libertarian Party of Minnesota and we are libertarians still have it up somewhere. But it basically describes like the way that old school libertarians and a lot of the Mises folks see the way to convert people, which is just to aggressively shock the system and get your attention and Cloud goes on to talk about how that turns people off, right? And the this wing of the libertarian movement does have – they love tokens. Tulsi Gabbard is a liberal who loves Ron Paul's foreign policy, so let's overlook her love for the Green New Deal. Let's bring in Robert F. Kennedy Jr. because he's right on foreign policy and vaccines, the two issues we care about the most – which from Joe Walsh's interview with Angela McArdle, that was made very clear. Scott and Horton, the the only issues that matter are this and the the corruption. So yeah, I think there's that desire for big and splashy, and that has taken a back seat, which is fulfilling a prediction that I had about the Mises Caucus all along, is that if you are in charge you inevitably end up a prag (laughs) because there is no way to run an institution without ending up being pragmatic. And look, our goal is to beat Gary Johnson, who wasn't a real libertarian, by the way. But Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I would have attested. Michael Rechtenwald. I don't know much about Michael Rechtenwald, but the guy who's donating to Trump and starting Trump organizations and supporting the GOP and donating to Hillary Clinton, that guy is a much better libertarian than Gary Johnson, apparently. Right? So it's just, but it's because he's got some heat. So they're, the movement that was founded on those people aren't principled enough have inevitably ended up, which 
with we need to save our butts by finding the most famous person we can to run for office because we're losing 500 members a month in 2023. And I think that's a telling statistic that shows you that a lot of those people who were in Reno are not showing back up because a lot of the people who I was part of the Republican takeover of the GOP or so-called all these uh, radicals in the party were saying oh, Mark Rutherford and Wayne Allen Root are coming and they're going to make the party the GOP. And meanwhile, I'm like the most orthodox libertarian in the world compared to kind of where the movement's at now. The I, I forgot my point, but the the fact is, if you're looking at Purity. You're talking about the Mises. If, if, I'll, I'll help you here, Thanks. Chris. Yeah, no problem. Uh, you're talking about the ability of the Libertarian Party to nominate someone that reflects their values. Yeah. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. largely does not represent Libertarian values other than a few issues, which some people are very much single issue voters on. And you could understand why people will be very highly triggered during the pandemic with anybody who felt like they were forced to take a medical procedure that against their will, those people are those people have an absolute right to be outraged. Yeah, and, and and I absolutely you know support that. I don't agree with Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s views on vaccines largely, but I absolutely agree with his outrage about the forced medical procedures. And so I understand why so many libertarians are triggered by that one. But then there's of course the question of the fact that the Libertarian Party was and the Mises Caucus were looking very heavily towards Dave Smith. For to be their presidential candidate, lots of them are really upset that he announced that he would not be running for president of the United States. To me, and I say this as someone who has you know no hostility or animosity towards my former party at all, Chris, mm -hmm. there's a lot of good people doing good work over there. I say this as somebody who who cares about them and wish, hopes that they do well. They seem to be floundering with the fact that they've lost Dave Smith as a p potential presidential candidate. To me, it's like grasping at straws, the idea that they would nominate Robert F. Kennedy Jr., I almost would prefer George Jorgensen just because at least she really was an orthodox libertarian to an yeah. extent. Although, again, not an ideal candidate. They had one shot and it was with me in 2016, Chris. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, look, you could have ignited the party and you would have appealed. That's You brought a coalition of people and that's Robert Kennedy's appeal, right? He brings a coalition of Kennedy Democrats, the crunchy granola Democrats. He brings a lot of different people. And politics is about coalition building, which I think has been the problem with the Mises Caucus and their takeover is that when you push all the institutional knowledge out, and you push anybody that isn't totally adhering to your kind of view of libertarianism and you don't think Cato and Reason are libertarian, but then Robert Kennedy Jr. and all these populists that sort of suit your cultural needs are, it's the message becomes muddied. And that is the they're violating the main promises. We're going to be bold messengers that are very clear. Meanwhile, okay, you're flirting with Robert Kennedy Jr. You're on stage at these rallies with like people who are not libertarian, but just anti-Putin and possibly paid by the Russians. The fact is the Mises Caucus did do an excellent job of organizing, did do an excellent job of training. The vast majority of people who are in the caucus are, their heart is in the right place. They're there to be activists. And they are just walking away. I've talked to several people who've just said the leadership isn't there. They weren't nice to me. Some of these folks a lot were of them just got rude. into it because they were hoping Dave Smith was going to be the candidate. And with Let's Dave Smith, I don't. I, I think the problem with announcing that early, and I told my friends this, is that you may change your mind. And when you have a wife and two small kids, they're your priority. And running for president, running for governor, running for office you know this, 
I've seen so many marriages strained. I've seen so many jobs strained. I've seen so many, if you're on the ascendancy in your career, as Dave Smith seems to be with young kids, I don't know why you would want to run for president, especially for the LP when it's completely thankless. So I don't blame him at all. I think his mistake was saying it so early and not finding a replacement and setting that up and doing that all in public. And it just that, you know, when I was on a show, I said, look, you guys are inexperienced. You're going to make mistakes. This is what I'm talking about. Right. So if you don't understand politics and have never run campaigns and don't know what you're doing, you're going to do things that bite you in the butt. And this is one of those. So I think with the the Mises caucus, they've just violated some of those ba- basic principles. We're going to be ideologically pure. We're going to be bold in our messaging and clear. We're going to run Dave Smith and have the best libertarian campaign ever. I disagree with Dave Smith on several things, on some cultural issues, immigration for sure. But he's definitely a libertarian, and he's a person that somebody that the majority of the party would, could see themselves, even if you're really... You might hold your nose and vote for Dave Smith if you're in the classical liberty caucus against Joe Biden and Donald Trump. But I, I think they they have a real problem is that there there is no central guiding principle. And I think they're starting to atrophy. You're starting to see all of those folks walk away that were at Reno. And then what happens when you have a weak presidential candidate in 2024 and you are spreading the message of existential crisis for the nation? Joe Biden is going to destroy America. All those people are just going to go vote for Donald Trump because they're ideologically close to him. I will never vote for Donald Trump. <laughs> that's what I that's what I want to to bring this conversation back to the Robert F Kennedy Jr. factor. But let me reset real briefly for those who may just be tuning into the show. Good morning. I'm your host Austin Peterson. We're grateful and glad to have you here. Thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to click like on the channel that you're watching us on and subscribe if you're enjoying the content. 240 people watching us live this morning. We're grateful to have you and thank you to rumble.com for putting us up top on the website today. They've been very helpful in helping us to spread the message of economic freedom and personal liberty. One of the best ways to support the Wake Up America show and rumble.com from cancel culture leftists is to subscribe to the Wake Up America show on a monthly basis through rumble.com. So if you want to do that, don't forget a portion of those proceeds. Go to rumble.com, help them to fight back against the king of cancel culture, Burger King, when they pulled (laughs) their advertisements this last week. I just started a rumble Uh, channel this morning, Austin. For you, Chris. Yeah, Liberty Explained. Go check out Liberty Explained. We Are Libertarians is on there, so is the Chris Spangle Show. But I really think that this platform has a future. I got demonetized on YouTube a few weeks ago. Rumble reached out and was like, hey, we'd love to feature your show to fight back against this kind of cancel culture because we obviously we need alternatives to the mainstream media and also the mainstream alternative media, YouTube.com. They're not friendly to people like ourselves, even when we're Even when we're right about things like the lab leak theory, for example, we found out that the government was telling big tech to suppress us, even though we were right. But I want to get to that in just a moment, Chris, but we only have a little bit of time left. Can I ask you what you think a Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Libertarian Party run? Would that be something that that hurts Joe Biden more because he is a former Democrat? But then it's also it's libertarians, which some people think take more from the right. It, It really is a wild card, isn't it? Not No, I think Robert Kennedy Jr., just based on the name, may hurt Joe Biden more. But study after study after exit poll, I've collected half a dozen of these. Cato has studied it and found all of this to be true. When you look at the exit polling in, I think it was not 2020, it was maybe 2016, 
they the, the libertarian candidate polls one to two percent from both sides. And then the rest is just activated voters that did not have a choice on their ballot. And so anytime you have a third party on the ballot, the lie that they steal from either party is just that. It is not born out of any kind of statistical analysis. It is just their gut reaction because Austin Peterson seems a little Republican. Robert Kennedy Jr. seems a little liberal, right? It's the fact that Joe Biden for a Robert Kennedy Jr. voter is as bad as Donald Trump, and they aren't going to vote for either of them, so they stay home. Does Robert Kennedy Jr. hurt Joe Biden? I think in this specific instance, a little bit yes because of the Kennedy name. But in general, a third party candidate, be it Cornell West and the Green Party, he may be a little bit more damaging just because I think he has he's a gifted speaker. He has a clear ideological platform. I think a lot of Republicans might look at a libertarian candidate and go, I wasn't going to vote for Donald Trump, but maybe I'll vote for him. That certainly happened with Gary Johnson. Gary Johnson had the best vote total of any Libertarian Party candidate, with the exception of 1980, when one of the Koch brothers was on the ticket and spent massive amounts of money with Ed Clark. But they had a ton of earned media. They had a ton of advertising. They raised a ton of money, and it resulted in a ton of votes, which got ballot access for eight states. And my fear moving into 2024 is that the Mises Caucus doesn't understand how to do ballot access, isn't going to do the canvassing, isn't going to have a candidate that is on all 50 ballots, And states like Ohio, where they've had ballot access for four years, just or had it from 2016 to 2020, won't get it when that's what we were promised. So there's going to be a big challenge there. Tell us about your show on Rumble.com. Why did you decide to come and join us over here on Rumble, Chris? So I think this is a moment where people are uh, asking a lot of questions about libertarianism. And I've had this show Liberty Explained for three, four years that I've updated a little sporadically. Um, and there's a website. I've, I've been collecting libertarian manuals and how-tos and video playlists and all kinds of information around the libertarian basics um, of libertarianism, libertarian views on issues. And a lot of this stuff was collected in the before times, before Trump muddied the waters and every think tank either went out of business or turned Trumpy. So a lot of the content is from the 80s all the way to 2000. 1718 2020 and it the whole brand liberty explained is meant to give that orthodox view to maintain the to keep the candle burning on libertarian orthodoxy and the non-aggression principle and applying that to politics and at the chris spangle show our goal is to help you think differently about politics talking about culture talking about politics from a christian libertarian point of view but i want a brand that is specifically devoted to answering people's questions about libertarianism and so we've got 15 episodes that we've done over the past few years and i'm putting that on rumble i'm putting that on it's already on on podcasts you can go check that out and i'm just i'm looking at using that brand a little bit more and putting a little more effort into it so if people have questions the email is ask at wearelibertarians.com and you can ask a question and we'll be sure to answer it but Please, yeah, we started the channel today just because I think Rumble has a real shot at being a competitor. I think they have done a great job of growing it and being open to all and not demonetizing people and working on brand deals to help bring in money. And I'm always skeptical of anybody that starts any kind of alternative social media, but this is the one that has really seemed to stick 
And they've done a great job. And if they reach out to you, they're smart. No, they definitely did. Thank you for that, uh, Chris. They reached out to me after I got demonetized on YouTube. And it's been absolutely transformational. My wife and I, we started the Wake Up America show a year and about a month ago. And we started off with about 20, 30 viewers. Then about a month ago, we were averaging two to 120 viewers. We were really excited about that. And and they've been featuring us for the last couple of weeks. Some of our shows are getting like 80,000 views for a wow. two-hour live morning talk show. So just wild. And so Steffi and I are just doing everything we can to try and <laughs> capture that and continue to build on top of that so we can continue to spread the ideas of economic freedom and personal liberty, which is at its core what we're all about here, Chris. And I think you know that. We dropped your link tree with all of your links in there. Thank is that you. the way the best way people can find all your stuff? Yeah, chris-spangle.com. And I want to say I will be on BET, my debut appearance on Network TV will be October 18th. Miss Pat settles it. I'm a juror, so I'll be on Network TV, and I'd love for everybody to watch that and support us because the paycheck's great. the The show is fun. <laughs> the it's it's really entertaining. Miss Pat is like a Judge Judy, and then it's comedians making fun of all the real contestants. So check that out. Chris, I'm glad we've been able to maintain our uh, friendship, acquaintanceship over the years um, as uh, things have really changed a lot since we first uh, got to know each other back in 2008. Yeah, we left today, the Libertarian but... Party and we're happy. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for your time today, Chris. Thanks for getting up early and thanks for being so generous with your time. We appreciate you very much. Thanks, Austin.